Welcome to the Insight EWCSD podcast. I'm your host, Mark Patterson. On today's show, we'll be talking with two very special guests from our student services department, Jaina Dinwiddie and David Renteria, who are our amazing program specialists. But before we get started, we just wanted to give one more plug. As you know, part of our extended learning opportunity program offerings, we are hosting and sponsoring a spooktacular registration. So if you are a member of our EWCSD staff or families, please make sure that you look on social media to get the information on how to sign up. We are covering all of that cost. So we are looking forward to seeing everybody out there and enjoying a fun Saturday morning. Um, so that's the only update we have right now. So we're going to jump right into our interview. So we're going to start with David Renteria, one of our program specialists. So David, welcome. Welcome, Dr. Patterson. Thank you for welcoming me. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you for making me feel included. Um, so could you start off by giving me, um, giving us a little bit of a background on Mr. Renteria? Thank you, Dr. Patterson, for introducing me. My name is uh, David Renteria. I'm currently a program specialist for our student services department. Um, my journey through social work really has kind of uh, started uh, in in lieu of service for others. I started my career uh, primarily working with foster and adoption um, programs and students, so kids that were in the system and trying to get them into permanent housing um, throughout their, their time in the system. I transitioned from there into uh, starting my master's program at Cal State Long Beach, where I uh, I focused on uh, education, really, to how to be a school social worker. And my uh, second internship was at East Whittier City School District. One was being at East Whittier Middle School, and one was at Evergreen Elementary. So that was my journey here at the district, how it began. I was fortunate enough to start my uh, my career here in the STEP program as the full-time school social worker at that program, uh, was there for approximately five years and then transitioned to the district office as a program specialist, focusing primarily on, uh, oh my gosh, everything from attendance to uh, school social workers and uh, our wellness team. So also joining us, uh, his his partner in crime, uh, Ms. Jaina Dinwiddie. So Jaina, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hello, East Whittier City School District. Thank you, Dr. Patterson, for having us. Um, my name's Jaina, and I started actually in East Whittier as a counseling intern. So I did my undergrad at Cal State Fullerton in human services and then got my master's in social work at Cal State Long Beach. Um, and during my internship here with East Whittier was actually where I kind of figured out that education was where I wanted to be and where I wanted to focus. And so I had a lovely year with the Ocean View Dolphins and then was lucky enough to come back and get hired on after I completed my master's program. And so for the past about eight years or so, I've been working as a school social worker in a few of our different elementary schools, uh, Leffingwell, Scott Avenue, Ocean View, and then most recently, La Clima. And then last year, I got the opportunity to transition up here to really focus on our PBIS work and implementation. And so now um, really enjoying the process of working with our school sites for that and also just behavior support throughout our district. Well, we are very fortunate to have two very dedicated people here supporting not only our families, but our staff as they try to figure out ways to provide just wraparound services and support to our families. So 
there are so many different things that you you both do and the Department of Student Services does. But one of the reasons why we have you on today's show is because this month is Bullying Prevention Month. So could you just uh, talk to us just a little bit about what bullying prevention looks like and how we support our, our families and our students and our staff? Absolutely. Um, just the importance of, of our school social worker counselors at both the middle school and elementary uh, sites. They play a very important role in uh, providing services and supports to our students um, to help help them understand, uh, recognize, and then also um, know the impacts of what harassing behaviors are, uh, and then how, how they can advocate for themselves, and also how staff can help students uh, and families that are experiencing any type of bullying or harassment at the school site level. And for me, when I really think about bullying prevention work, it's really, I take it back to our district's like mission of opening the door to every child's future. And to really open that door, we need to have safe, positive, engaging learning environments. And so for me, those environments don't include bullying behavior. And so it really is something that is addressed on multiple layers and multiple tiers by a variety of staff members um, to really ensure that we, you know, do our best to set up those learning opportunities for our entire district. So kind of going along that same line, you know, with the exposure that our students have to social media, the access they have to the internet, um, sometimes the desensitization that you have when you're behind a screen or behind a phone, you know, bullying is a lot different and harassment and intimidation is a lot different than when we were kids growing up and, you know, we have our pagers and, um, and the like. So how do you, you know, and we have this campaign of see something, say something, mm -hmm. but then there's also that deep seated thing in students' minds of, I don't want to wrap my friends out. I don't want to, you know, have the social pushback and blowback if I say something. So how do you help students or what advice do you have, um, on how to navigate all of those competing factors? I think it's definitely something like you shared that has changed and looks very different now than previously. I think previously, a lot of times it would be behaviors or interactions that happened during the school day and they didn't necessarily follow the student home. And I think we know how big of a role that social media plays in our students' lives and just their interaction with peers. And so we see those social, I call them social interactions, but interactions through cell phones, social media, um, you know, follow our students' home. And so I think it really is looking at these interactions and making sure we're including all the students involved, every role. Um, so we have students that, you know, maybe just witness that, you know, bullying behavior or that harassing behavior. Um, and then we have our students that maybe are on the receiving end of that bullying behavior or those that are initiating those behaviors. And so we really want to make sure that we're, we have supports and things in place that are going to address all the different roles that are involved with these types of scenarios um, to make sure we're looking at it from a really comprehensive piece because I do think they are more complicated. They involve more students. Um, and, you know, we don't want to miss a piece of the puzzle um, when we're looking to address it. Absolutely. And to add to that really is the importance of our parent involvement in regards to bullying in social media, uh, just kind of the importance of monitoring our students' accounts that they have and really kind of helping them navigate how to responsibly use social media uh, because it's a tool that is readily available to all of our students. And oftentimes our kids are not really aware that 
um, the things that they are posting online has a significant impact on others. And then also that when you post something online, it is going to be there forever. Uh, and so uh, just making sure that our parents are really involved in having those hard conversations with, with their, with their uh, students to really educate them on the importance of how to utilize those platforms. Well, and people don't even realize sometimes that even when they're online gaming and they're playing, you know, Xbox and whatnot, the chat functions in there, that's that's another mm-hmm. another avenue to where kids are being exposed to, you know, not very nice things and bullying or harassment or just making fun of one another. So just being present and understanding that there are so many other ways that kids are receiving or giving out some of these behaviors is is huge piece. The one piece I also want to add to is that um, as as us as a staff and social workers really kind of working and educating with our students of how to communicate um, when they see these negative messages or threatening messages to talk to a trusted adult, whether that be a parent, a teacher, a social worker, um, anybody on campus, because these are... Uh, negative effects on some of our students. We want to make sure that somebody is aware of them and we can address them as a staff. So how would you how would you help guide a student who comes to you or one of our school social workers or a, a trusted adult and says, this is what's going on, but I really don't want to name names because I'm afraid of what, you know, repercussions might come my way. Mm-hmm. I might be ostracized from my friends. I might be called a snitch. You know, mm-hmm. all of those different pressures that really a kid knows that I should do this, mm-hmm. but there's just that, that underlying piece of ostra- being ostracized and whatnot. So how would you guide a student in that kind of a scenario? I think kind of two different layers I see that scenario from is one, how do we work with our school communities on that type of, you know, just concern? Because many students, when I was working as a school social worker, come forward and say, hey, I know this isn't okay. You know, I know this is, you know, having a negative impact for me, for my friends, but I don't want to be a snitch. And so I think step one is just being proactive with the whole school community about, um, you know, what are our behavior expectations? You know, how do we show kindness? How do we show respect? And a lot of times we can do our best to catch you know, those, some of those problem behaviors before it escalates into like a, you know, a full-fledged kind of bullying situation. Um, and I do think on that individual student level, you do get creative um, with how you approach it and making sure you kind of respecting that confidentiality of that student, but then also, you know, making sure that situation gets addressed. Um, so that way it doesn't continue. To add to that would be our... Um tiered level response. I think that just the importance of our tier one uh, supports that we have our school sites, our teachers, our school social workers, our admin, really addressing those tier one supports such as SELs, where we're talking about good character traits, uh, communication, and how to navigate or problem solve certain situations. Um, once those those strategies and, and skills are are taught at that tier one level to our students, they're able to kind of navigate those hardships and come to a trusted adult to kind of really address those concerns. So I'm going to jump in there because you're using language that maybe some of our community is not aware of. So I really want to jump in and kind of jump into the idea of tier one support and SEL. So um, that is a huge focus of our district. So can you kind of talk a little bit more about what tier one is 
and how that is how that transitions into and comes to play with social emotional learning and lessons that we have out there. Oh, perfect. And I think this also really connects to our implementation of beha positive behavioral interventions and supports. And so this is a framework that we utilize that's evidence-based um, that helps us be proactive, preventative um, with in regards to behavior and helping our students, um, you know, meet behavior expectations at our campuses. And so this framework is going to use three tiers for how we kind of stage support for our kiddos. And so tier one is going to be supports that we provide to our entire student population at the school. So this could be, you know, our behavior expectations such as bark or swim or soar. And then all students are going to be, you know, directly and formally taught that information. So behavior expectations, social emotional skills through our second step curriculum um, that's all going to be kind of tier one practices that we put in place for all of our students on campus so tier one is essentially the foundation mm -hmm. so that every one of our 7,800 students has this kind of exposure, understanding mm -hmm. of the things that we're working on and the supports with social emotional learning. Yes, and so prior you know, to a, a bullying situation arising, all of our students are receiving this information and this instruction on these skill sets and you know, what are you know, the expected behaviors for our schools. And then from there, we know that we're still gonna have students that are gonna need to layer on some support to meet those expectations. And so from there, we have tier two support and tier two supports are going to be more structured um, in small groups, you know, supporting kids with additional, you know, um, feedback about behavior expectations, um, additional instruction time about, you know, our behavior and what the expectations are, um, and then also increased feedback about, you know, how they're doing, uh, you know, with their behavior. And so from there, we still are going to have some kiddos that we're going to need to layer on and additional, you know, supports. And we reached our tier three supports. And those are going to be our supports that are highly individualized for kiddos um, and really developing that individualized plan for them to, you know, help them learn those behaviors, reinforce them and kind of get them back on track. So we kind of touched on it, but really didn't expand upon it. So we're really proud of the work that our school social workers and our teachers and staff have done to be able to support social emotional learning. But could you talk a little bit about what the SEL block looks like, the lessons and how that all came about and was developed? Yeah, so our, our social emotional learning program really started developing during our time in COVID. Our school social worker counselors were able to develop individualized uh, social emotional lessons uh, really geared towards the emotional well-being of our students. This was done uh, throughout the school year. Uh, there was a district focus on a block of time dedicated for our students to really kind of learn these skills and strategies, particularly coming back from the, the pandemic, uh, where we saw a big need in our social and emotional supports. Um, the last year, we did transition to a uh, more evidence-based uh, social emotional learning program, which is Second Step. And uh, this program really emphasizes on the emotional well-being of our students and how to provide them supports at that tier one level. So it's a great uh, program, but I think also a great commitment from our district to really set aside time to really invest in the emotional well-being of our students. I think that since we are talking about that investment piece, you know, we've come a long way in, you know, a decade with the amount of staff that we have who are dedicated to school social workers. Uh, school social work. Um, 
even coming in as the superintendent, I had really not heard of school social workers in the context of the educational setting directly providing support. So can you guys kind of talk to us a little bit about school social workers versus, you know, counselors versus academic advisors so people kind of have a little bit more clarity? Yeah, absolutely. So in our district, we have uh, school social workers, which really are encompassing of the emotional support of our students, emotional well-being of support. But we do a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things that we kind of focus on. And so uh, we focus on um, individual counseling, group counseling. This is really in focus to ensure that our students are accessing their education um, and that there's no um, challenges in regards to social-emotional um the social-emotional components. Uh, additionally, our academic counselors are going to focus on the academic side of, of things. They're going to focus on ensuring that our students that uh, are receiving all the academic support, whether that be through tutoring, 504 plans, or whatnot, to really make sure that all the layers of support are in place for their academics. So that kind of leads me to the whole idea of the ways in which we celebrate and really build out the positive piece and accentuate all of the great things that are going on. So I know that we're coming up on Unity Day, right? Mm -hmm. So can you kind of talk to me a little bit about Unity Day? Unity Day on Wednesday, October 18th, our school district will be uh, focused on the anti-bullying initiative. Uh, for all of our students at all of our sites, our students will be receiving a SEL focused um, on bullying and harassment, how to recognize it, how to how to uh, stand up to themselves safely uh, for bullying, and how to respond appropriately to bullying and harassment. Our students will be all be given orange bracelets that have Unity Day on it, and we'll be also uh, focusing on our staff to kind of wear orange that day to kind of really all come together to really focus on anti-bullying and harassment throughout our district. That's fantastic. So um, an another one that many of our families know um, and have heard is Say Hello Week. Um, so another one of those opportunities just to positively put a spin on different things. So can you talk a little bit about what what say hello start with hello week is yeah so start with hello week is um a week through the sandy hook promise organization um and so that week really is all about you know building positive social connections um amongst our students and just really going over those interaction skills that friendship really starts with a hello and connecting with other kids, connecting with peers, connecting with our staff. Really, it starts with hello, and then also looking for those common interests we have you know, with each other. Um, and with bullying prevention in particular too, when we have connected school communities, when we know each other, when we know each other's story, um, that's gonna significantly decrease you know, bullying behavior at the school site. I would also like to add that in January, we will be doing the Great Kindness Challenge. So the Great Kindness Challenge is a uh, grassroots movement uh, that is making our schools, communities, and world a kinder place. So we really want to focus on uh, kindness for our students. So that's another initiative that we're also pushing out in January. So the one thing I really want to highlight is the fact that while all of these things are amazing things, even if we were doing those things in isolation, this really is an overarching um, structure that is part of PBIS and our positive behavior interventions and supports. And we were thrilled 
that 13 of our 14 schools were recognized as silver level and one of our schools was bronze. Mm -hmm. So every single one of our schools across the district was recognized for the amazing work that they're doing to be able to provide that positive experience when it comes to behavior mm -hmm. and interventions and the ways that we help kids. So can you just, you mentioned, you know, all the different acronyms that we have out there and the mottos that we have mm -hmm. for all of our schools. And I know our parents and community know all about pride and bark and mm -hmm. the pack and soar and everything else that that's encompassed in PBIS. But could you give us a elevator speech of what PBIS is and how that really plays out in our schools. Absolutely. And first, I just want to also reiterate how excited I am that all of our school sites receive state recognition for PBIS this year. Um, you know, to get everybody to that point is a really exciting thing. And I know our PBIS teams and our administrators work really, really hard to put those systems in place. So just want to give them another shout out. Um, but PBIS in a nutshell is basically an evidence-based framework so it's not a curriculum that's like prepackaged that every school has to implement the same way, but a framework that they can kind of customize to fit their school, you know, culture and the needs of their site um, that really centers around creating systems for behavior support and response, and then also relies on uh, school-wide data for decision-making and planning. Uh, so that way we can be really targeted in how we address behavior at our school sites. So... I'm, I'm going to dust off the cobwebs, but I, I think my numbers are accurate. 80 to 85 percent of students are going to do what they're expected to do if they are aware of what those expectations are. Yes. So we would say that tier one supports, so those universal things, so our SEL lessons, our behavior expectation lessons are going to meet the needs of about 80 percent of our students. Um, from there, we know we're still going to have students that need support. And so we would say about 15% of our students would need that layering of tier two support. And then from there, about 5% of our student population would need that layer of tier three highly individualized support. And I think the thing that really resonates with our district is the whole idea of celebration and the mm -hmm. positive part of those behaviors, interventions, and supports. So you see lunch with the principal, you mm -hmm. see our opening morning assemblies, you see okay. student stores, you see so many different things of the of our schools and our PTAs have jumped on on this and okay. really support that whole work to really just recognize and celebrate all of the great things that our students and schools do. And then we have the additional support to be able to provide those frequent reminders for those little marks mm -hmm. in the classroom who, just like me, you know, <laughs> still need reminders and reinforcers every once in a while to, to mm -hmm. you know, to reframe something mm -hmm. or to learn from that. But this really is an approach to be able to teach students and mm -hmm. mentor students and coach students so that when they find themselves in that situation again, mm -hmm. they make a different choice potentially. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when we think about our academic skills, when our students have a hard time with reading, we teach them. When they have a hard time with math, we teach them. And so we want to bring that same approach to, you know, behavior. You know, when they have a hard time meeting behavior expectations, we want to teach them. Mm -hmm. So um, we're coming up to the end, but I, I did want to say that, you know, many of our parents, you know, really want to figure out if there are other resources out there either in our district or out in the community. So if we have family members who are listening or staff members who are listening, what, what resources would you point them towards to be able to get additional information and support? 
I think the first uh, line of resources is going to, going to be at your school site regarding your school site. Social worker, counselors, uh, academic counselors, uh, they have the most up-to-date information at the site level of how they can help support your student and also community resources to help um, link you uh, to get additional support. We have also contracted with an organization called Care Solace who can provide outside mental health service support to not only our students, but also our families um, at no cost uh, with the linkage and referral. So that's also information that you can get through our school site social worker. Something I would like to add on to is I think um, essentially we want to be there for our kids. We want to be there for our students and support them through any difficulties or challenges they may face. And so for me, it's, if I'm going to be able to support my child, I need to know about what they're experiencing and kind of what they're going through. And so my biggest, you know, tip for parents is to keep that parent-child relationship and that line of communication open with your child. And so, you know, we always want our kids to come to us in those big moments when it could be a conflict with peers or, you know, maybe there's something unsafe or, you know, there's some bullying behavior happening. Um, however, to get them to come to us in those big moments, we need to also go to them and be with them in the small moments as well. And so, you know, spending that time, you know, talking with our kids. And I, when I was a social worker, I would say 10 minutes a day of dedicated, uninterrupted time with you and your child, uh, discussing whatever it is they want to discuss, playing whatever it is they want to play, um, and really, you know, focus on that relationship. So that way they will come to you in those big moments when it happens. Well, this has been a very informative uh, few minutes with our amazing team. I did want to plug, though, so we've been talking about social-emotional learning and all of those different supports, but the Student Services Division does so many things above and beyond just, you know, the support with mental health, the socialization and whatnot. You know, we, we provide a lot of different services, so I'm going to put you on the spot but can you kind of talk a little bit about some of the other additional wraparound services that we provide to members in the community and families who might be in need? So one of the things that I think it's uh, very important to know is the access to resources that we have, not only for our students, but also our families within our community. Uh, we have developed a lot of different partnerships with outside agencies and faith-based organizations to really provide additional supports and services to our students and families. So uh, as you know, in early October, we had Operation School Bell uh, through the Assistance League where they were able to provide vouchers for our students in need for, um, for clothing uh, and school supplies. We also have a what we call a Families in Transition bin here at the district office where we provide all these resources that are amazing. We have backpacks, school supplies, we have clothing, we have um, anything you could think about, uh, blankets, uh, jackets, socks, all these things that our families in need might require. Uh, really just reach out to our student service department to inquire about how to get access to those resources. In addition to, I think that one of the things that we do also that's amazing is that we do a lot of special events. So we do our Thanksgiving giveaway. We're going to be doing that in uh, in the next, excuse me, in, in November, we're going to be doing a Christmas holiday uh, gifts for our, our families in transition, also our foster kids. Mm -hmm. So these are all different uh, aspects and resources that are available to our families. Uh, please feel free to reach out to um, Student Service Department to get more information. If you need anything, um, we're really here to help. 
So I just want to plug once again. So if you are in need, please reach out. If you are in a position to be able to give, please reach out because um, this amazing team is constantly looking for additional resources and ways to um, help people with whatever they are going through and whatever it is that they need. So we are so thankful to have you on our on our podcast. So that brings us to the end of another edition of Inside EWCSD. Thank you to our amazing student services team, David and Jaina. Um, thank you for listening. Please make sure that you subscribe to our Apple podcast. And please, please, please shamelessly give us a five rating. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your time. And we look forward to seeing you next week.